You're listening to Red Nation Online. Jonathan Osorio sends it ahead. Earnshaw out of the break here. Robert Earnshaw! Wednesday, May 1st. It's Dan Rouse, Mike Shred, and I'm Ian Clark, and wow, where do you start with this one? A complete and utter 6-0 annihilation at the hands of the Montreal Impact, and Toronto FC's Canadian Championship run ends in the most embarrassing of fashions. Nobody can leave the field without blood on their hands, as quite simply, Montreal made it look easy. Much like the game at hand, we want to get this over with as quickly as possible. We go over the game, look at Ryan Nelson's selection, and whether bowing out of the tournament could be a blessing in disguise. All in the next 30 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. Where'd you come up with that one? (laughs) Well, guys, um, I gotta say, I think this podcast is gonna follow the same format uh, as the game through most of the second half, where it's like, uh, let's just get this over with as quickly as we can. Yeah. Because uh, based on the the 6-0 result that we just went through, uh, uh, I think we want to forget this one as quickly as possible. And of all the all the podcasts that uh, I probably sh- should have skipped over, I didn't do one last week actually, Dan, for the win. I wish I wasn't doing one tonight. Well, I- I'm just deeply, deeply embarrassed that Montreal and Vancouver are so much better than Toronto FC. It's it's like losing to your little brother in a backyard kickabout. It should just not be happening, and. You know, we we were in the MLS first. We should be used as an example. But I think you know, if we were their big brother, we'd be the one taking drugs and listening to Nickelback. You know, we're just not a very good influence on them. And I think they've uh, done things differently. <laughs> that was pretty good, Dan. <laughs> I, I think they've done things differently, and uh, and look how it's worked out for them. Well, I mean, I don't know what... We were talking, Mike, before the game started, and I think we were both a little bit weary. Yeah. Uh, I This one had sinking feeling all day leading up to it, and even the last couple of days. I just... They haven't been able to pull anything serious together yet this year. They've shown some signs of improvement over the year, but not enough to go in when it matters the most, and... They've been showing that at the end of games where it matters the most and totally collapsing, just falling apart. Yeah, and uh, off the top, I think a lot of the discussion that we've seen, I mean, we watched the game and we watched Twitter, probably yeah. about, about the same amount through the second half. I'd say Twitter was more entertaining. <laughs> um, I think off the top, the, the dis- there's going to be a lot of discussions, obviously, post-match, uh, and one of them is, I think, is going to be Uh, what that starting lineup was and I think that's an interesting debate that a lot of people will be having or or questions they'll be having of how serious uh, Ryan Nelson decided to take that starting 11 and how badly they wanted to win this game Uh, you know there were some key players I guess you could say for Toronto that didn't get to start uh, notably uh, Luis Silva 
is yeah. one that you could say. Darren O'D is another, and possibly even Jeremy Hall, who's played pretty much every game this season and looked pretty good. Instead, you know, we had uh, Daniel Henry, Kyle Becker, uh, Andrew Weedman. Yeah. But to be fair, our roster is, with the injuries that we have right now, is a little on the thin side. And mix that with a coach who is learning as his 21-year-old players are learning at the same time. I think it's fair to cut him a little bit of slack. He hasn't played or been over on this side of the the world in quite a few years. And I think that between this uh, championship and the league and... I think it's probably difficult for any new coach to the league that hasn't watched it and developed in it uh, manage his teams, you know, as far as picking 11s. Like, they, they obviously, they want to make an impression on the league this year. And fair to them, they should. It's It's been seven years. But the one good thing they have had is the, their Champions League runs. And... He kind of threw it away, but you have to kind of give him a mulligan on it too as a rookie coach. I'm not too bothered to see the back of those. Like, um, now what's the point in being delusional and seeing like a you know a successful season as getting a draw against the Mexican side at home? Like, let's it's going to be another transitional season, unfortunately. Um, but at least we can focus on the league and learn how to beat these teams in our, in our league because we've been struggling with that for the last seven years. And uh, you know the Canadian Championship, whatever. Toronto FC got the most uh, cups in it, but I'm not particularly bothered about that. I just wish there was a little bit more heart in the performance tonight. Well, that's it. I mean, Mike, even you said, though, before the game kicked off, you're like, you know, I can handle a loss as long as we progress through. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know what, I'd probably echo that as well, that even though last year there were hardly any results. And I, with the Steve Perry, the one comment I made is, you know what, at least we beat Montreal and we beat Vancouver. As yeah. low as that is on, on the, you know, the, no. on the, the bar being set. I, 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 I would have liked for us to progress only because, honestly, it's, it's more fun when these other teams come in to play us, these teams from Mexico or Puerto Rico or wherever. Because how many Shiva's USA games do I have to go to? You know, they, they lose their luster. Like, there's a lot of meaningless league games. And it's just, I, I don't care if I don't ever see Shivas again or, <laughs> honestly, or New England. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's just... New England, I can, I, can, I can get me on that one, that's for sure. But, like, it just, it, it just it's a different dynamic to, sure. to those games. And the way that we always seem to get screwed with our scheduling and all of our home games seem to be front-loaded at the early part of the season it's nice to actually get some nice weather games in the middle of summer to go to mm -hmm. but the focus is now to make those mls games not meaningless no, to, no to I, yeah definitely and like that i think there's gonna be a lot of uh, people coming in this summer but you know I, I i think it's a shame yeah you're right it's a shame not to have these teams from other countries coming in and stuff like that but let's just improve our stuff at home first let's yeah just, there's, uh, there's like there's i think there's a lot of different ways that yeah. you can kind of different different angles you can take it because obviously on the pod we were saying uh you know the last couple games was we would be we were pretty happy if if these the, you know the canadian championship and the champions league was almost used as a development ground for some of these younger guys that weren't going to ever get minutes Which is in the league essentially what he did yeah it is what he did so i mean i guess i got what i deserved when <laughs> in yeah. saying that um 
But you know what? I think we should, you know, segueing into the match. This obviously won't take long. I think we. I think there's a few key points and the key players to key on. Uh, you know, off the top, do we think that or people are probably talking about Robert Earnshaw has that chance one minute into the game and hits the post and whether or not that could have changed everything. It's easy to look back and say that. I mean, all, all that might have been is six to one instead of six it, nil. Well, what ifs are always easy to look back and say what if. You know, sure. that's, that's what makes them those things. It's, but I, I think it could have. I think it wasn't too long after that that Montreal scored and put them on their back heels. At least they would have, it would have drawn them level. Worst case scenario. Yeah. You know, still would have, it still would have had them fighting. But when they went down 2, two nil rather quickly, I think that was, they all gave up. Like, the, they, they gave up. The defending was just calamitous. Like, it, Justin Mapp just made the defense look as silly as a policeman in shorts. Like, it's just, um, it's not convincing. Um, the worst one, I think it was the second goal when Richter appeared to trip over an invisible snake on the line. Well, he, he did that two other times in the game, too, in the middle of the park. <laughs> and Ashton Morgan just seemed to uh, be just turning around every single time because somebody was behind him just nicking in. And he's supposed to be quick, he's supposed to be aware. Yeah, and you know what, I think that might be something to sort of underline that we're Justin Mapp. Yeah. Who is a good player, but he's not a great player. MLS quality, yeah, good player, and that's about it, right? Yeah, and that's the guy who was, you know, was tearing us a new one. I think, I think at the end of the night, he ended up with a goal and three assists, maybe even four, on the entire night, and that's just something where it's like, wow, how how did this guy not get closed down and and dealt yeah. with, and how did he send so many balls through the area that just got to the intended target, past multiple red shirts um and that was i think dan you said in that first half i mean like you said you just you summarize these it is easy it's easy for them and there was after that sort of first 10 minute window i think toronto looked okay or maybe even five minute window um montreal just had to go through the motions and they got what they needed i think we can know we all agreed that danny califf's a good defender um no, imagine if Andy Iroh was playing today. <laughs> it could have hit double figures today. So, so there are improvements. Let's try and look at the positives here. <laughs> well, well said, I guess. Andy Iroh. Yeah. Um, and so then, let's you know, after this first half, we already talked about the starting lineup that it looked like Ryan Nelson had got wrong. He tries to correct things by taking out, if I'm not mistaken, it was Osorio and Wiedemann. And they put in... It was Becker and Wiedemann who went out, yeah. You're yeah. right. You're right. It was... And then in comes Silva and Hall. Uh, it might have been a li- too little too late. Uh, the first, again, it was almost like the start of the game. They came out with a little bit of spring in their step. But it's about t- 15 minutes. Yeah. 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, that's about... Yeah. It Same looked like thing. we... You know, all we needed to do was to nick that one goal back and we might have been back in it. Yeah. And uh, Luis Silva had a lot of energy and looked like he was... Up for it, but once they he scored got that stuck next... in Louis Silva. I was impressed with that. It's something he's added to his game this season. Um, I'm just disappointed with Reggie Lamb. I just feel like he just uh, stands there, does a few step overs, and then passes it backwards. Um, there's no forward thinking by him. There's no effort by him. There's just um, on the flanks at the moment. It's looking very, very weak. But he polar 180s because he'll turn it around one the next game and be man of the match. I, I feel like... Uh, I don't TFC's, understand him. Like, TFC's been tainted with inconsistency. 
yeah. from the start. It's, it'd be nice to have someone who can actually play decent, you know, a seven out of ten player every week. I think, uh, you know, John Bostock is not a winger. He's he's either in the just behind the front man, probably number ten position, and that's how spare the wings are looking at the moment. They're looking very very weak. Yeah, and you know I think to add to, you know, you, you've highlighted highlighted Reggie Lamb, but I don't really know if anyone leaves this game without blood on their hands. Mm. I mean, Stefan Fry is is known for making ridiculous saves in games like this to at least keep it somewhat close, and those didn't, that didn't happen tonight. No. Uh, you know, we I, even though we, you know, I think we all agree we like Danny Caleb wasn't his best game. I mean, that Definitely one, not that one game. ball that came through, if I'm not mistaken, to Devayo, it went by Becker, it that went was by Caleb. Third one, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and and then Rick Richter again though was yeah. there to clear it and fell over. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No one. Yeah. I it just I can't think of anyone who I can actually sit here. John Bostock. I think um, at least he looked up and tried to got you know past a few people, and you could see that everyone on the team realizes he's the most technically gifted one there. And the tactic from you know when the game was in within reach was uh, play it out to the left and let's see if John can do something. It was very one-dimensional. So uh, hopefully. As everyone's building up to be, this labber can be the savior of all Toronto football. Well, I wouldn't you, put that on. Him. No, and that's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's, that's a, the worst thing. That's, that's, what's, that's what's happening. It is, Toronto, it is. The Toronto are playing badly. They're thinking, oh, we're going to get this lad from South America, and he's going to solve all our problems. It's not going to happen. He's not going to solve any. You know, that's and that's the problem. Is that, or that's that's what I'm hoping doesn't happen because his his game doesn't consist of of that. No. You know what I mean? Like his his game. I don't want to say it's one dimensional, but I mean like his he's a defensive specialist and a, and a ball winner. And that's not really, you know, that's going to solidify an area. It's not going to necessarily win you games. You know, it's not that going to be that X factor. Well, it it seems like they still need to go back to the back and work their way forward again. And, you know, like like I touched on earlier, they started. We all have to agree. They've been off to a better start this year than anyone could have ever expected. Sure, yeah. Uh, I think they need to still do some fine-tuning at the back, and I think What, what would you change be, at the back? What's that? What would you change at the back? I, you, they, need, they need to keep a pair together back there all the time. Yeah. They, you know, like, just because a guy gets sick doesn't... He sh- I, know, I know the pr- pr- prove yourself, earn, your, earn the spot, but sometimes experience is needed especially especially when you're giving up these last minute goals and when you are known to be a team that is defensively fragile you need the consistency back there injuries don't help obviously but i think i think if you have an experienced central pairing that work well together keep that going as long as you can and, and what you're getting at though is cuz you haven't said it specifically i mean you you prefer a Caliph and OD partnership. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I think that they've they've sh- they've shown that they can work together. They haven't had many opportunities to do it, but they they closed out games. Even yeah. if they were losing, they didn't they didn't What are the two games that they didn't let stoppage time or late last minute goals in? Yeah. It's two games that they played together. Yeah. I think yeah, I think the vast majority of TFC fans would like to see those two in the middle. And um uh, I wonder if Donny or Henry's going to show his promise. I feel like he uh, lacks a lot of concentration. And if you think about the person who bigged him up last year was uh, Paul Mariner. But he also 
bigged up Andrew Wiedemann and he, he couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. So um, yeah, I think I think the one of the problems, not problems, but one of the issues that's unfortunate with Henry is that I mean he's at the perfect age where almost any other league in the world he'd be loaned out, yeah. and and he'd be he'd be playing thirty games in a season, you know, in the championship or the they first should. division. They uh, should then. They have that new rule that they can loan out. They do, but they don't have they don't have an agreement with any club. Like Vancouver has, if I'm not mistaken, it's with Charleston, and they have three players now. Bryce Alderson just went there this week. No, Toronto. no, no. They can they they can within MLS now. Oh right, okay. That just sure. came out. They just uh, but but no one's like weak enough in defense to put Henry in there and That's like true. play him every single game. It'd have to go to like you know maybe Edmonton. I don't know, but it's it's something like TFC were completely. Well, just awfully built as a football team. Like Ryan Nelson went in there; they didn't even have an, a scouting structure in there. So yeah. it's going to take a while for them to set up a feeder club. But I think they need to. And I think you know the likes of Henry, um, maybe Becker. Yeah, even though uh, Becker's yeah. older than than Henry. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's coming out of university. That's the crazy thing, right? Mm. Um, and I think the. I mean, obviously, the last when you're talking about that back line, we can't. I don't think we can't not mention Ashton Morgan, who no. had another just a stinker. Yeah, like it's but he's, that's up he's there. He's not ever really been known to be defensively sound. No, but I mean that's we're going on year three of kind of saying that. Where like when you know I'm, my only thing would be. So would he work better on the left flank, being pushed forward, or is yeah. more like because that's he, what he does best? He probably he, would be. Yeah, he, but he moves forward and crosses in. Well. Who who would you play at left back? <laughs> You need to bring that's someone a problem. in. We've just got no one in those positions at all. I, th- I think first year, Morgan was getting forward excellently as well and putting some great crosses in, but we're not seeing that aspect of his game as much anymore. I don't know what's up with him. I think I think the coach is holding the D back. Like, I really I think he's trying to keep them all a little bit more stay at home to clean out games, but if that doesn't work for... So that's not that's not Morgan's game. No, and, and we can't. We have to. You know, I'm thinking back to especially last year. There was a window where Morgan was really bright when Mariner just first took over. Yeah. But let's not forget that's when Danny Coburn's was completely on fire, and you could throw almost anything in the box, and you'd find his be able to get something on it. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, today we saw Ashton Morgan getting forward and putting in some actually some pretty nice crosses in the box to Robert Earnshaw, who's standing five foot eight. It's just not gonna. It's, it's not never gonna. gonna I mean, you look. That's a one in one hundred ball. That's gonna actually finally hit the target. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's part of the issue as well. Is that you know, if you're if you're gonna play that style of game, what if you're about not Justin gonna, if, Braun? yeah, if you're not gonna, well, yeah, I think Braun's not a bad idea. But I mean, at the same time, he's he's been injured most well, of the yeah, season. Well, yeah, but aside from his injury, he's been horrible. Aside from winning like a couple of headers, he's his touches. Awful. Well, I won't debate the touch, but I think I think <laughs> he's it, a target, and that's yeah, it. That's yeah. it. That's all he is. Yeah, but and, I mean, when we're when we're, when we're when we're left with the long ball game, you yeah. need that target, and then oh, and then definitely. when you lose that target and you keep playing the long ball game, yeah, no, no, it, no I, that's what I, you get against New York. Yeah, no, I I agree. I just uh, he tends to drop too far back and try to get involved in the midfield, and he shouldn't. He should be a poacher and stand up front and be lazy like Eric Hasley. <laughs> or, 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 maybe, or maybe just be in the bench, you know. <laughs> well, ultimately, but if you're going to play Justin Braun, I think he really just needs to stand up front. Yeah. Like, I think he could 
Just he's back, a target. He's a target. Yeah, back, back to basic, like you know, old-fashioned little and large partnership. You don't see him as much anymore, but he's just there to nod it on to Robert Earnshaw. Earnshaw's made a career of sniffing up loose balls, capitalising on defensive mistakes, and maybe Braun is worth a run. But well, that, that's so with him and Coover, with Earnshaw and Coovermans, that should be an ideal partnership. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that, I and mean, that's that's another hopeful thing that could happen so two hopeful things and Andy Iroh is not playing and we got Koovman's coming back to isn't, it, isn't he Andy Iroh, Andy Iroh free agent guys I think he is no he's playing somewhere has he got a club yeah he does he's oh. apparently tearing it up <laughs> yeah, you're funny I'm not going to look it up even though I could right now I'm not going to bother um, in fact is that him kicking the ball around with a few little uh, kids over there no <laughs> he doesn't even yeah, he just got skinned <laughs> um Paulson Pierre. Yeah, yeah. Division yeah, five. No kid. Oh, my God. <laughs> Moving out of the game, even though we barely touched on it, I, I think that's probably the best way to handle this one is yeah. a bit of a hot potato. Let's just get, touch it and get it out of here. Um, you know, there's two things I wanted to round out this podcast discussing. And the first one we, we kind of mentioned as we were heading back. And there was a little bit of discussion, looked like it was happening on Twitter, where you know, some people were saying, well, it's, it's, it's good they lost. Now they can focus on the league and, and just get on the business with whatever. And then others, of course, saying, like, this is all that we've got. This is all we've ever had. And we basically threw it away with a shit lineup. I'm just kind of curious, you know, where you guys fit in, in that kind of debate or discussion or what your I thoughts think, are. I think we touch, I, I touched on it a little bit earlier. And I said, I, I like it. It's, it's something additional on top of the normal league play and when it's what you have of course you want it back it's 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 like the best ex-girlfriend you ever had the one that got away you know <laughs> and that's that's how we're going to look at the voyagers cup this year is the one that got away and because it would have been the bright spot mm, of of this transitional season it, it's true like while i'm not you know majorly disappointed to see the back of it and like i recognize it's going to be a transitional mls season no, the Canadian Championship would have been the team not delivering a full-on shit sandwich to the fans. Um, you know, it's going to be, now we just got the MLS, we're going to do quite bad, badly, probably. Um, <laughs> uh, but but hopefully we'll see them. Your build. honesty is appreciated, Dan. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so carry on listening to the podcast. <laughs> it, it will be good. Uh, there, It will be good, not having to focus on 18 different countries to play in. And I think, I think it will benefit them this year. And as much as I would have preferred to see them go through and keep this, this, the streak going, I think that they do need to focus. And if they are, if it's going to be a real proper transition year and a rebuilding year, they need to like, they do need to really focus on it. And after San Jose, they get a nice 10-day break. So yeah. that'll be good for them to regroup. Yeah, because when know, they come home from this trip, they're going to need it. Yeah, and you know what? It was. I don't think the people in place right now in terms like Payne and Nelson are this sort. But uh, on the last weekend's pod, uh, Aaron, Aaron Nielsen made a pretty interesting point where it was like, you know, going through – it for like Toronto FC like doing well in the Champions League has just ended up being an excuse for being so shitty in the league Completely. and it's always been that sort of thing where they could you know how from 2011 through 
the club would kind of put this message being like, well, we did so great in the Champions League, and especially last year, you still kind of got that hanging over for a good chunk of the season, kind of saying, well, we made it to the semifinals of the Champions League. Yeah. This year isn't so bad. Well, so like, hopefully it's a blessing in disguise. It can focus on, you know, the being in the MLS now, and as I said before, drawing against a Mexican team at home, you know, can't brag about that anymore. Let's just focus on the league. Let's try and these youngsters are supposed to be fairly decent. Let's try and bed them in, see if they work. And uh, I know, let's see if this Central American scouting and South American scouting brings in a couple more players because we need them. Yeah, and and then the second thing I, I kind of wanted to touch on, especially in terms of the nature of this result. And the other thing that, you know, you're seeing through Twitter was, you know, a lot of people were questioning, uh, you know, Nelson's selection, uh, Nelson's choice for the starting 11, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't know if it's, I'm going to phrase it, it's the one thing I'm worried about, but I'm, I'm wondering, do we, are we seeing the beginnings of some pressure being put on Nelson, given the team, you know, we, they've done better than expected off the start of the year, but you still can look at it and say, well, they haven't done, they haven't done amazing. They've probably done better than we thought, and they've probably punched above their weight. Or is, or, you know, is it a matter of just, okay, in a week we'll probably settle down, and say, you know what, it's like, we understand what this season's about, or do you think there's going to be some some pressure piled on him? I I think people, it's just in people's nature to put the pressure on other people, and especially sports media in Toronto. No matter how major or minor the, the team is, and let's face it, Toronto is pretty buried in the sports sports world in Toronto as far as media coverage goes, but... I, the, I don't feel like he's going to be under that much pressure. He's, he's Payne's baby, um, and I feel like um, maybe by bringing in Payne, that's uh, the MLSC saying, look, we've really ballsed it up so far. We've really made a lot of mistakes, and maybe they're going to persevere. They're going to say, this is the way we're going to go, and they're going to stick with this for a couple of years. They should do. Yeah, but... I don't. I I, agree. I don't think he'll get pressure from there or upstairs at mm. MLSC. It's gonna be. I, I think Ian's talking about backlash from supporters and from media. Is there gonna be pressure put on him? But you know what? Honest. If it's not coming from his bosses, he shouldn't feel the pressure. No, I agree. And, and it, it will be put on him. And everyone's gonna question everything he does for the next rest of the season basically yeah you know, if, if we go on a tear and win 15 straight games they're still gonna question like i, I think fa- if there are any fans calling for nelson's head right now as well i think they just need to smarten up and just see what's happened to this club over the last i, seven I years. guarantee there are already yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, the tonight, one thing that kind of just like started it's incredibly naive the fans that are doing it as well. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah there will be some yeah i started to, that was the thing i just started when we were just talking now thinking like you know like nelson's probably saying himself you know walk a mile in my shoes yeah. Like back it up. You, you only have. I only need to back it up four months when I first came here, and and I would really like to see you sit where I am now and be able to explain, you know, have to explain to you, you know, what was handed to us or what was handed to me when I showed up here. Not even just him, but even even Kevin Payne. Yeah. The few surprises that he walked into. Yeah. Like the signing Hasley the day before they announced Kevin Payne was that was terrible. Yeah. You, that you know what really it's popular. that's so a, that's, these, a, the, I feel that's like, a Neil Cochran special right there, guys. <laughs> you seem to get those I, I, that was a Aaron or Aaron Finder got that too with Nathan Sturgis. He's like, You yeah. don't need a you don't need a top ten draft pick. You need Nathan Sturgis. 
<laughs> Straight up. <laughs> that household name, Nathan yeah. Sturgeon. Yeah. <laughs> I I do I feel for for Payne and for Nelson. They they inherited a mess. Yeah. And they've made no they've been very upfront about especially Kevin Payne has been very upfront about it and said, Don't expect miracles this year. Yeah. And that's the that's the harsh reality. Is and here we are, coming out of Montreal. <laughs> Oh, maybe I will. Well, it there. could have been worse. You were going to mention lube, so. Could have used lube. Um, and that's, you know, it could kind of hopefully not pile on that last point. I'm, you know, I'm looking ahead to Colorado. We're looking into San Jose. Like you said, maybe we're looking ahead to the break because that just means there's a little bit more time for Laba to come in and hopefully get adjusted. And whether or not he starts playing in those games remains to be seen. Well, I think I think we'll still see Wiedemann. I don't think he's got another choice unless he goes with a, a single striker up front. But if he's going to stick with his 4-4-2, you know, I think we'll see a pretty close to the same lineup. I think we'll see Hall and Silva starting. I think those will be about the only changes, though. Yeah, well, I mean, you'll see, obviously, with D back in there. Well, oh, sorry, yeah, you're right. Sorry, and I, uh, I would probably venture to guess, as soon as Eckersley and, and Emery, one or the other is ready to go, that means either Morgan or Richter will be the first one out of there, and I'm sure... Well, there's also they're also saying that Daryl Russell is traveling this weekend. Ah. So that could be the end of Ashton Morgan right there, if he's ready to play. Yeah, they probably, he'd probably be willing to even switch him out to put someone on the wrong side. And I think, if I'm not Maybe mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, Daryl Russell's first sub-in was for left-back. He can play everywhere. He's a yeah. utility man, yeah. yeah. Or maybe Eckersley slid over. Either way, uh, you know, guys got shuff- shuffled around yeah. <laughs> at, at the sake, at the, sorry, at the um, expense of Ashton Morgan. So I think that's, I don't know, guys, there's not much too much else to go over right now. No. I, I think, think we so. should just uh, call it a night and uh, forget this one. We have Colorado on Saturday, uh, 9 p.m. Uh, you know, they're a team that's also in transition. Maybe. Maybe they can pull we, it together in a few days. We we own Colorado in Toronto. In Toronto, and we don't have them in Toronto no, this year. No, that's what's that's a, that, that was a guaranteed suck. win. I was I looking know. through the calendar for that one win. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen. It's gone. No, it's the only team we've never lost to at home. Yeah, it's taken it's taken from us. Uh, and then it's San Jose. So it's going to be a bit of a back to back road games. There going to be something else, but you know. I guess we'll look ahead. As always, what was the joke about 2014? That was a good one we saw. We saw a lot of good jokes towards yeah, the end of the game. There was too many to remember them all. 2014 would be, oh yeah, it would be better next season. Yeah. 2014 would be better. And then also the aggregate score for all the Toronto teams tonight. Oh yeah. 20 to 2. This could be our, this This is our usually our sights and sounds segment. Because we weren't at the game, we'd just call it off Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> aggregate score for Toronto teams, 20 to 2. And you know what was the other thing we were noticing is that Every time we heard the horn, because we were watching Every it time after, Boston scored, Montreal scored right after. Yeah, so we're at the football factory, and they had, you could hear the Toronto game, the Leafs game in the background, you hear this horn go off, and we knew that, that <laughs> Montreal was going to score shortly thereafter. And it's sure enough. And I think my favorite tweet was the one where I think uh, they scored in... <laughs> Um, Ryan Nelson threw out his gum <laughs> and someone yeah. posted about, this gum's no good I need new gum <laughs> and that'll turn things around uh, so finishing up hey we need to boost some Twitter followings here guys we got Mike Charette uh, at Mikey Southend Mikey Southend and uh, Dan Rouse uh, at Daniel J. Rouse and I, get, I promise you guys you'll get at least five new followers uh, <laughs> good, from good, being man. on the podcast 
And uh, I think that's about it. We'll try to be back on Saturday. I'm sure we will. I'm sure I can finagle someone to come, to come out after this, hopefully. I uh, would. I'll be at a family birthday party. Oh, okay. On Down what day? Saturday night at 9 p.m. I'm in New York. All right. Well, the search You're continues. You're on your own. The search continues. It may be. Apply uh, uh, within. Within. Come on. Send an email in. Ian needs some friends. Yeah. Send an email to info at rednationonline.ca or you can get me at Clark Arno. And hopefully, I will be able to get someone on this and you'll be hearing from us on Saturday night. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you Eastside Stand Up is the only Toronto C-specific podcast breaking down the game right after it happens. We want you to be involved. Reach out to us on Twitter through hashtag ESSU or at Red Nation Online. You can email us at HaveYourSay at Red Nation Online or info at Red Nation Online. Get into the discussion on Toronto FC through Eastside Stand Up and Red Nation Online. So I try to laugh about it.